Dare Housing News listeners. This is Clayton Collins, the CEO at Housing Wire, and I'm coming to you today with a special Thanksgiving version of the Housing News podcast. We have a lot to be thankful for this year. First time homebuyers, low interest rates, record origination volumes, and the sponsor of this episode, ArchMI. With interest rates and historical lows, refinances are booming. How do you win this business? It's simple. Lower the MI premium for your borrower. The newest feature of Arch's innovative RateStar platform, the RateStar Refinance Retention Program, makes it possible. Eligible borrowers with loans already insured by ArchMI can refinance into new loans with a lower MI premium. Give your refi customers a better deal. If you'd like to learn more about how RateStar powers possibilities, visit ArchMI forward slash RateStar Refi. We're also proud to share that Housing Wire is now a member of the industry syndicate. Check out the app on Apple or Google and join the community today. So amongst all the things we're grateful for, we're also grateful that Alex Elizai, Chief Strategy Officer at UWM, United Wholesale Mortgage, is joining us for this special Thanksgiving episode. Alex, welcome to Housing News. Thank you for again for having me, and uh, you know, just like you opened up with a Thanksgiving, uh, you know, thanking everybody in the industry, and 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 again, hats off to you guys, and thanks for everything that you guys are doing uh, to make help help make great things happen and communicate everything that's going on in the industry. So thank you for all that you and your whole team do. Also, no, we 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 appreciate it, Alex. So uh, for the Housing News Podcast, we really love stories, and we invited you to the show this week for for a reason, and uh, for for our sake and for the sake of our listeners, we'd love to know your story. So Alex, when did you join EWM and what, what brought you to the mortgage industry? So I joined UWM about a year and a half ago and, um, you know, the mortgage industry is, uh, you know, really exciting business and, you know, there's a lot going on and, and what really what, um, uh, what, what gravitated me toward the business of, I've had a, I've had a relationship with uh, Matt Ishbia for our president and CEO and owner for, for a few years now. And, I've you know, really watched him and the entire team at UWM just do fantastic things, you know, over the years. And, you know, if, if you go back, you know, 15 years ago, you know, our company was only 12 people. And, and now we're almost 5,000 people and, uh, you know, just a, an incredible amount of great things going on. So the initial attraction was, you know, was, was him and my, and my uh, relationship with him and, and finding out ways that, you know, we can take all the great things at UWM and, and what, you know, what they, what they were doing and just, you know, help make it even better. So it's, it's been a fantastic 18 months and, you know, being able to come into it with, uh, you know, fresh eyes and maybe a, a couple uh, ways of doing things, you know, it, it has been great. So, and the team here has been fantastic. So it's it, it's been it's been wonderful and i know you have a lot of experiences in executive leadership and, and leading businesses um but i believe this is your first foray in the what's been the biggest surprise for you about joining the mortgage industry and uwm specifically well the biggest thing you know there's just a lot of moving parts you know there's a lot of moving parts to this business everything from you know, customer acquisition to, you know, um, helping our brokers grow and, you know, all the way just throughout the whole process and capital markets and finance There's just a lot of moving parts to the industry. So, you know, the complexity obviously is there. Um, but the other thing that surprised me is how small the industry actually is. So it's kind of counterintuitive to a certain degree, but, you know, um, there, you know, it's, it's a big industry, but everybody knows each other and um, it's actually a, a nice, a nice family. And, and it seems like, um, you know, a, a lot of people know each other. So it's a big industry, but, um, also a little bit boutique in fashion. Excellent. And uh, kind of drawing off your past experience, was there anything from your, your past leadership role that you knew you needed to carry into this, this chief strategy officer role at WM? 
Yeah, Clayton. So, I mean, from my perspective, you know, it's, you know, it all starts with people and culture and that's what Matt and the entire team at UWM have done just a fantastic job of, of growing over the past you know, many, many years. And so, and I've been in different businesses. I've been in, you know, uh, manufacturring automotive. I've been in printing and packaging um, and marketing business. So, you know, to me, regardless of whatever widget you're making, whatever service you're providing, you know, it all starts with people and all starts with culture. Like anybody can learn mortgage. Anybody can learn how to make a part. You know, anybody can learn how to do X, Y, or Z in their business. But, you know, if you can really master and figure out how to, you know, treat people, you know, do right by your people, take care of your people, because uh, it's all about it's all about your team and, and and usually the team with the best players wins so what we try to do at, at United is really you know we, we hire the people who have the best work ethic we hire the people who have the best attitude who are coachable you know who are good team players and then we take those people and we grow them and we develop them we teach a mortgage so you know we think we think that that's a just a much better way to do it and at the scale that we're growing um, you know it's exciting to see us bringing in so many great people from different backgrounds and being able to provide you know, different types of, you know, thought process or ideas on how to challenge how we do things and make us even better. So, you know, even though I've only been here for 18 months or so, you know, I think it's, um, it's actually a benefit uh, to some degree to, you know, not only for myself, but even for the new team members that we're bringing in to come in with, you know, just fresh eyes on things and look at it. And, and the beauty of our culture is it's very receptive uh, to making changes. So it's, it's, it's been great. So in this episode, we're going to dive into two of the top stories from the, from the week. One's about uh, origination volume and the, the purchase and refi mix in 2019. The other's about the, the recent conforming uh, loan limit increase. And so before we get to the articles, I, I kind of want to go back on that, that comment about the focus on recruiting and bringing people in from outside the industry. How are you getting uh, newbies to the industry up to speed on what the conforming loan limit is like how, how are you teaching them the the industry and uh, and making them effective as kind of new entrants as mortgage professionals yeah so I mean we have a we have a fantastic training and development team here and again it's just uh you know we're, we're really big on communication I mean just a small example of what we do like you know all 5,000 people here we're all in one building you know, so our ability to communicate effectively and quick is tremendous. It's a, it's a major strategic advantage of ours. But think about all 5,000 people have daily huddles every single day with their team. So when we're communicating, th communicating things, whether it's, you know, kudos to a team member for doing an outstanding job or everything is, you know, uh, tied into, you know, different regulations or things that are coming out. Um, we're communicating that to team members, you know, we're communicating every single day uh, to all 5,000 people. In addition to that, we, we have it on our internal intranets. We, we're passing them on different emails and documents. So, you know, the team is definitely well aware of, you know, the, the impact on, you know, these, uh, these things that come out. So, um, so being in one building, you know, like I mentioned, is a, is a, big, is a big advantage for us. That is absolutely wild that you're able to pull off daily huddles for every team. Uh, I imagine for, for some people that's not a cultural fit, but for others it, it, it works really well. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, do you see that, that some people just aren't cut out for that level of communication? Well, it's interesting because, you know, um, 
you know, you, you would think traditionally like, yeah, you're going to have some follow-up, but the reality is, is so many people that it's just part of how we do things. So when we're hiring people, you know, 65% of everybody that we hire come from internal referrals. So it's like, Hey, you and I both have the cousin we would hire and the cousin we wouldn't hire. You know what I mean? There. So, so generally, you know, the, the people that we're hiring, um, you know, are, you know, they're coming from referrals and those people are referring or saying, Hey, this is how we do things. This is the excitement. This is our culture for the company. So they're kind of coming into it knowing and it almost, you know, it becomes part of your DNA. So, you know, we kind of joke around here internally. It's like, imagine watching an NFL football game and, you know, a lot of teams, you know, they, they go into the huddle. I mean, you're going into a huddle before every play and some guys run the no huddle offense, but that's very difficult to do. Um, and that's almost like how a lot of other companies are running, like a no huddle offense, like half the time they don't even know what play they're running. Um, but for us, like we're, hud we're huddling every day. We're huddling at every play. Like we're, we're communicating as a team and then executing. Um, and I think it's a big advantage. And, and yes, you know, all 5,000 people every single day, um, they're in their own unique team huddles, which are made up of, you know, 10 to 15 people with their direct leader and they're standing 10 minute meetings, you know, 10, 15 minute meetings, but it's a, it's a big advantage for us. All right, Alex. Well, th thanks for some of that background. We know all of our listeners are, uh, are making their families suffer through housing news today as they're trying to sit down for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> dinner. Let's get to the meat of it. So uh, the first article that we really want your perspective on was an article that one of our editors, KK Halley, published on, on Monday. And uh, the NBA adjusted their 2019 origination volume estimates to over $2 trillion. And uh, that's made up of one and a quarter trillion purchase, close to 800 billion in refi volumes. So that's like a 61% like purchase mix. So how do these views on national origination volume align with UWM's views on uh, 2019 projections? Yeah. So first of all, I like to say it's been a fantastic year for everybody in mortgage. I mean, it's a, there's been a lot of moving parts, you know, um, rates obviously has been, you know, been down, which is driving a lot of volume, but it also overall, overall, it's been a great year, you know, in terms of the 2 trillion, um, you know, we look at it a little bit differently. So, you know, I think those numbers are a little bit high compared to what we, what we use here internally at UWM, they're probably, you know, 15, 20% high, um, higher than what we use. And, and, and the why behind that and the explanation is, you know, if you look at like a correspondent or, you know, retail lender, you know, who closed a loan and then maybe sells that to uh, another lender, such as like a, a Penny Mac as an example. So, you know, I'm a retail lender. I sell that loan to Penny Mac. You know, they both count that value of that loan in their numbers. So when MBA throws out the, you know, says $2 trillion, you know, there's a lot of double counting of numbers in that. So, you know, we, we like to discount that number a little bit just to take into account, you know, some of that activity that goes on. Um, but in general, you know, yes, we do look at the high level number, you know, we look at, let's just say that we look at it as like a 1.6 or $1.7 trillion number. Um, you know, in general, that's kind of how we look at it. So. Okay. And I think, I think one of the notable parts of that number is that it's a 12 year high kind of with, with your revised look or in, internal estimate, do you still see that, that 2019 is kind of a, as a post crisis high for total origination volume? Yeah, I mean, you know, those are those are high numbers to be at. Um, you know, I, I don't have all the data for the past 10 years in front of me to know if that was the highest, but I, I think it, you know, it's 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 up there. Um, so I have to take, you know, their their word for that one. But um, but nevertheless, you know, we we do take that and and just discount it a little bit considering some of the things that you know go on with some of the counting. So yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And and what's your kind of perspective on the the purchase refi mix? Uh, I know UWM, you're working with. It. 
with brokers across the country. Are you seeing that that a similar ratio of approximately sixty percent purchase, or or your numbers uh, kind of vary from that based off your origination? Yeah, so I mean, I think those numbers are, are pretty good across the board. We are a little bit higher than that, you know, here at UWM and purchase. And, you know, in the why behind that is, you know, mortgage, you know, wholesale, the, the mortgage brokers are uh, traditionally, you know, higher in purchase. You know, it's the best place for a borrower to get a loan. It's the best place for an LO to work. They're in their local communities. Um, they're working with local real estate agents. So, you know, borrowers are typically going to want to work with a mortgage broker when they're buying a home versus, you know, uh, you know, a direct call center or something like that. So, um, so our numbers are traditionally a little bit higher than the market averages. So, um, yes, we are higher than 61% um, on that number. So, Okay, that makes sense. Well, let, let's use this kind of as an entry point to talking about some of the trends that, that we've seen in wholesale this year. And uh, I'm not coming into this conversation armed with, uh, with year-to-date metrics on wholesale origination volume, but I know that's a metric that, that UWM tracks very closely. So can you give us some guidance on percent of, of total origination volume estimating is, is coming from the, the wholesale channel? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if you just take, well, we'll, we'll kind of consolidate the numbers just at a high level, but if you look at a 1.5, just for simple math perspective, if you look at a $1.5 trillion market, you know, wholesale is about 20% of that market. Um, it's up from 17% last year. So in 2018, wholesale was about 17%. This year, we'll finish around 20%, uh, which is a big increase. You know, that's over $50 billion in, in growth in wholesale over, over just 12 months over 12 months. So if you look at the 20%, that's about 300, that's about a $300 billion market. And, you know, at UWM, we have about 35% of that number, which gets us to like our, you know, over a hundred billion dollars that we'll do this year. You know, we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll finish out 2019 at about 105 billion. Um, that's the first time that has ever been done. Um, you know, so we'll be the number one wholesale lender five years in a row. That's never been done. Um, 105 billion has never been done in wholesale. So we're really excited about that. Uh, but most importantly, you know, it's, it's brokers are growing, you know, brokers are growing. Um, not only are current brokers hiring more and adding more LOs to their team, uh, but we see a huge wave of retail LOs leaving the retail channels and coming into wholesale. And, and a lot of these guys used to be in, used to be in wholesale, right? I mean, if you go back to like 2013, Wholesale represented about 56% of the volume uh, in, in the mortgage space, and then it dropped all the way down about 12% in 2008, and then it started to creep back up. Um, and, and, you know, now we're at the levels of 20%. And, you know, we're very, very confident in all the data that we look at and all the things that we do that I'm heavily involved with myself, you know, that we're going to get back up to 25, 30 plus percent. I don't know if it's going to go to 40 or 50 like it did before, uh, but we're very confident that we can get another, you know, five, 10 percent, um, you know, market growth in, in wholesale. So we're really excited about that. Um, and that's to be honest with you, Clayton, like that is the number that that we look at more so than even our own origination numbers, because, you know, we believe that as long as the wholesale channel is growing, um, you know, that's good for wholesale in general. And if we can, you know, um, you know, continue to do a great job and earn business, then we got a good shot at getting a lot of that market share. That, Alex, that is incredible. I did not realize you were at 35% total wholesale volume and that you're on track to surpass 100 billion in origination volume this year. That, um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, what is that? Yeah. And I know you've been with the business for 18 months, but what is that level of scale enable for your organization? Like there has to be a major difference in your, in your capabilities at a hundred billion volume versus where the organization was 10 or 15 years ago, 
or where competition is at a significantly smaller scale. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's interesting because like the mindset that we have here is, is has been generally the same, right? I mean, it's always been a mindset of winning. It's always been a mindset of overstaffing, investment, long-term decision-making, you know, so, you know, a few of the, a few of the things that I like to mention is, you know, one of our, one of our uh, significant advantages, obviously, you know, we're not publicly traded. We don't have any private equity. We don't have any minority owners or anything like that. So, you know, we're not chasing the month. We're not chasing the quarter. And, and frankly, we're not even chasing the year. You know, when, when we're making decisions at our company at the highest levels and, and, you know, Matt is the owner and he's fully committed and every decision we make is like, hey, you know, does this, how is this going to help us in 2021 and 2022? You know, so we're always investing. We're always growing. So the, the reason why we can grow at our scales, we're, we're, again, we're overstaffed by design. So we're always preparing for our growth. So like right now, you know, we're preparing to, you know, how are we going to do 150 billion? And that's what we're going after, you know, for next year as we look at significant growth. So, you know, for us, it's the mindset of like right now, you know, we've hired, we're hiring two, 300 people a month. So if you think about it, like over the past, let's say three months, you know, we hire seven to 900 people roughly, you know, we're training those people, we're developing those people, we're not expecting anything out of those guys, out of those people today. You know, we're expecting something out of them in six months, you know, in 18 months, and then, you know, two years and beyond, they're going to be integrated, they're going to be really knowing the business. So it's really a commitment from ownership and our senior uh, leadership team to say, hey, guys, you know, we're going to make these commitments. We're going to make these investments knowing that we're might short, you know, we might sacrifice, sacrifice short-term profitability, but it's in the best interest of long-term growth. You know, so when we look at our IT team, you know, we have, you know, seven, almost 800 of the, you know, the best IT people in the, in the country. And, you know, they're focused on one thing and that's, you know, IT, you know, development and execution for wholesale only. We're not, you know, we don't have channel conflict. They're not thinking about retail. They're not thinking about correspondent. They're not thinking, they're thinking about wholesale period. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a, it's a major advantage for us that we think long-term and we're laser focused on wholesale without having much channel conflict, uh, without having any channel conflict at all. And so coming back to that number, getting to 25 to 30% uh, of total origination of the wholesale channel, what's, what's the timeline on that goal? And, uh, and, and what are the potential hurdles or, or challenges the channel faces to, to achieving that, that, those metrics? Yeah, so we're, I mean, you know, we're really excited about it. I mean, we, we um, obviously there's, there's challenges in, in anything that we, in any business, but we're really bullish on it. Like we, we are so excited. I've never been actually more excited of, of what's going on mortgage and what's going on in wholesale. So, you know, we see all these brokers coming in. We ultimately, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but two facts that we really run our business on is that, you know, mortgage brokers are the best place for a borrower to get a loan. There's, they have more choices, more options. They're in their neighborhoods. They, you know, they're going to talk to them directly, go visit them. Um, and an LO is a, a mortgage broker is the best place for an LO to work. Again, more choices, more options can work with multiple lenders. Um, so we believe that the, the more and more that people are seeing this again, you know, again, more retail LOs are leaving, you know, retail to get into wholesale, more people, you know, there's more advertising, there's more marketing out there that's going on so you know we're very excited about it so you know we can't control interest rates you know i can't con there's a lot of things that we can't control but what we can control is the customer experience we can control the support we give our brokers we can control you know closing loans from submission to clear to close in you know 14 13 12 days 
as we continue to improve it. So those are the things that are in control. So when we look at us uh, at our company and being, you know, the best partner, you know, the best technology, you know, the best service and, and at an awesome price, you know, when you combine all that, you know, we're pretty confident in our ability to, you know, not only execute on our current business, but scale it um, even more so. Like um, I know we're big and, and those numbers are big numbers, but you know, to be honest with you, I feel like we're, you know, there's so much more runway and, and uh, we're, we're kind of almost just getting started. That's excellent. So, so Alex, on Tuesday of this week, uh, Housing Wire broke a story that uh, FHFA had announced that they were raising conforming loan limits for Fannie and Freddie to uh, over 510,000, 510,400 to be exact for a majority yep. of counties in the U.S. And uh, this story was widely read across all of our origination and mortgage lending and real estate agent and broker uh, readership, something that was clearly of interest, um, even though it was kind of expected, like we, we get this annual November uh, increase that we've, uh, that we've grown accustomed to. Um, yeah. so one of the things that EWM has done really well is, is communicate. So I want to get your kind of perspective on the impact of this increase and how you communicated that message to your originator or to your AEs and to your clients, the independent mortgage brokers. Yeah. So first of all, we're really excited about it. We think it's awesome. You know, I mean, uh, to, it went up 20, about $25,000. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we view it as just a, another great option for borrowers, right? I mean, this is all about, you know, doing what's great for borrowers and helping them get into the best loans that, that, that are great for them. So, you know, is this a huge impact? You know, not really that big, but will it help some borrowers, you know, that we're, that we're going to be in a, be in a jumbo loan, get into a conventional loan, you know, th those are where you're going to get some wins and it's going to be cheaper for the borrower and the borrower is going to win. So, you know, we're really excited about it. And then in terms of communication, you know, we, um, we actually started prepping for it last week, you know, so we expected it was going to come. We didn't know exactly what the number was going to be, obviously, but, you know, our whole team was prepped for it. We had all of our sales teams that were already prepped for it. We knew how we were going to run the play. You know, we had our huddles. We knew exactly what we were going to do. And we actually, you know, we, we implemented it same day. So we're, we were able to, you know, all the loans that were, you know, we we're able to implement that uh, change uh, day one, basically. So our capital markets team being, ready to do that. We're the first and only lender in the country to be able to pull it off that quickly. So um, that's, again, the advantages of speed and execution and having all of our team members here and executing quickly. So let's kind of take this to the tip of the spear and hopefully get some advice for the originators and real estate agents that, that listen to the show. Uh, how should they be thinking about this change? How should they be communicating to their referral sources, their, their home buyers, their borrowers? Uh, what should originators and agents be doing with this knowledge? I mean, I think, I think every originator is just reaching, you know, number one, they're looking at probably looking at their pipelines and saying, Hey, was I talking to a borrower who, you know, did, you know, was, I was probably going to put her in a jumbo and now I can move into a conventional loan and save them some money. I think that's probably play number one. Um, and I think that they're reaching out and they're, I think they're talking to the real estate agents. They're talking to, you know, they're sending out their marketing and their social media saying, Hey, if you're considering this kind of loan this is what the new loan limits are, come to me, I can help you out. You know, I just think it's a general communication again, not that huge of a deal in the big scope because it's only up 25 grand. Um, but it's still an increase. And I think it makes it, it's better for borrowers. And I think uh, mortgage brokers are going to use that to their advantage to just reach out to their, you know, uh, current clients and prospective clients and, um, you know, try to use it to their advantage as much as possible. 
So kind of thinking about that, the, the industry has some lenders that, that specialize in the jumbo product or have an average loan size that kind of leans more toward jumbo. Is this 5% increase or so uh, a negative to, to any players in the market? Or is this kind of like de minimis and, and something everybody just knows to deal with? Yeah, I, th I think it's more on the latter. I think it's more of a de minimis, de minimis thing. I, I think, um, you know, even even the big jumbo lenders are, are perfectly fine with it. I think they look at it as a, as a benefit and they're probably focusing more on the on the on the numbers that are much even higher that don't even come close to that. But but nevertheless, um, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a huge deal for them. Um, really, what it does is just gives ultimately the borrower you know, who fall into that, who, who's going to fall into that category, a better option uh, to maybe go into a conventional loan. Um, but I don't, I don't see that being a, a huge number by all means, but, uh, but again, nevertheless, it, it helps, it helps and it's going to help a certain number of people. And uh, for those borrowers that it does help, it's fantastic. Excellent. Alex, really appreciate the time today. Uh, I wanted to keep this episode short and sweet so all of our listeners can get back to their, their turkey and pumpkin pie and, uh, and hopefully a, uh, a tall glass of, of cab, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. But uh, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. You too, Clayton. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And I'll probably have a couple glasses of that uh, cab that you mentioned. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll cheer <laughs> from, uh, from 1500 miles away. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Really appreciate the time. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a great holiday with your family. And we will see you next week.